In the past five months, three friends of ours, all in their early 50s, have died of cancer. One of them died just 15 months after diagnosis, leaving behind a husband and two boys. Another, whose funeral I was at last week, died five years after being told she had ovarian cancer, leaving her husband and four children. Three teenagers, one 21. The third fought her cancer for 15 years. 15 years. And when I say fought, she fought the disease and she fought the system, which, as we're hearing in the news today, is letting cancer patients here in New Zealand down big time compared to what's happening in Australia. If she was still with us today, this third friend I mentioned, she would probably just shake her head and say, told you so, at this news. Because while she was someone who didn't want to be defined by her cancer, she was someone who was prepared to stand up with and on behalf of other cancer patients. She stood up time and time again, pointing out that so many lives were ending earlier than they should, just because New Zealand's drug-buying agency, Pharmac, doesn't have certain cancer medications on its shopping list. And as we're finding out today, there are at least 18 of them that Australia is providing for its people that we aren't providing here. You know, this friend of ours even marched on Parliament to make the point loud and clear that we could and should be doing more when it comes to the funding and delivery of cancer medications in this country. Medications which of course may not get rid of the cancer, but which may prolong someone's life. And what is so wrong with that? Despite living with cancer for 15 years, this friend of ours still didn't long enough to see live long enough to see the report that's out today from the Cancer Control Agency, which is saying in black and white that New Zealanders are missing out on potentially life-saving treatments, 18 of them to be specific. It's telling us that there are 18 cancer treatments publicly funded in Australia that aren't publicly funded here, and they're being used to treat nine different types of cancer. If you're in Australia, you can get them. If you're in New Zealand, you can't. When you think about it, it's appalling, isn't it, that women in headscarves, for example, have to travel all the way to Wellington and stand on the steps of Parliament to try and make the powers that be sit up and pay attention. It happens time and time again, these women with headscarves, men with cancer as well. Even then, the powers that be just nod their heads make some sympathetic sounds, but when it comes down to it, they do nothing. And these brave people who go public with what they would probably probably prefer to be a private battle with cancer, they pack up shop, go back home and just try to make the most of the life they have left. Already today, we've heard the story of a man whose wife was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2018. Drugs were available to extend her life, but funding wasn't available. 
and so the family had to go into fundraising mode. She died last year. She was just 43. Younger than the friends I've talked about. Now, he's an academic, and he's looked into it, and he's saying that there is a medicine crisis here in New Zealand. As he puts it, quote, there are a host of drugs that aren't funded here that are funded overseas. End of quote. A host of drugs. And he thinks the 18 identified in this report is conservative. But, you know, the bean counters at Pharmac, they know what they're doing. Now, I don't think there will be anyone listening to this right now who doesn't, at the very least, know of someone who's had cancer. Most likely, it won't just be an acquaintance, though. Most likely, there will be a friend of yours or someone in your family who has either had cancer or who has cancer. You might even have had cancer. You might have cancer right now. Which brings me back to this report that's out today, which is highlighting the fact that there are 18 cancer drugs publicly funded in Australia that aren't publicly funded here in New Zealand. Some of them help people get rid of their cancer. Others just help them live a little bit longer. And the government has been making a whole lot of noise, hasn't it, about wanting to restructure the health system and get rid of what it calls the postcode lottery when it comes to health care. And what it's getting at there is it's saying it's not fair that people living in certain parts of the country shouldn't have better or worse access to health care than people living in other parts of the country, which sounds great, doesn't it? So why the hell then isn't it taking the same approach to the funding of cancer drugs, which at the moment seems to be operating under some sort of passport lottery. Because that's what it looks like to me. If you get cancer and you've got an Australian passport, you've got a much better chance of beating this awful disease or at least getting a bit more time than someone in the same boat who gets cancer and has a New Zealand passport. Which is exactly the kind of disparity our friend would point out to anyone and everyone pretty much right up until November last year when she left us. So here are the questions I've got for you this morning. Knowing that there's a very good chance that cancer has touched your life at some point. Here's the questions. Is this disparity in access to publicly funded cancer drugs between Australia and New Zealand acceptable to you? Are you willing to accept that there is a price limit on how we treat cancer in New Zealand? Or do you think we should be doing more investing more money and giving someone with cancer in New Zealand the same chance as someone with cancer in Australia.